Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the 48-yard line. Second down, 13. Brady lobs one downfield. Caught ball by Gronkowski. Inside the 20 to the 15-10. Gronkowski to the 5 to the 4-yard line. Holy Gronkowski. <laughs> Third down, 18. Dropping Gannon, looking Gannon, looking Gannon. Those up the middle. That's intercepted at the Derek 30. Brooks. Derek Brooks, 30. Brooks to the 25, 20. Derek Brooks all the way. There it is. The dagger's in. Yeah. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, baby. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! For the first time in nearly a month, Bucks win. Welcome back to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Back at you today for episode 153. Happy Victory Monday, Bucks fans. Feel so goddamn good to say it again. 26 to 14, your final score. The Buccaneers top the Vikings, and they improve their record to 8 and 5. They make their playoff seeding look that much better headed into next week. And overall, a game that the Buccaneers desperately needed to win. They go in there and in Raymond James, and they do just that. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. Happy Victory Monday, my friend. How you doing? I- I'm doing fine and dandy. I feel great. <laughs> like, I don't know if it's, you know, coming out for the bye, you were a little more nervous, a little more anxious because of the uh, the circumstances behind this game. But, like, this victory just feels so sweet because it, it was a it was not a tale of two halves, but that first quarter definitely didn't look great yeah. for people hoping that this team had adjusted rapidly coming off of the bye week. Yeah, the first quarter... um it it didn't really look pretty. Um, it wasn't like you said coming off of the bye week. I think I saw a tweet. I think it was from Luke Easterling that said, you know, it was in the first quarter. He tweeted. He said the the Bucks kind of look like the 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 team that just barely beat the Jaguars in overtime last week, and you know, instead of the team that had two weeks to prepare for it. So yeah. uh, they came out sluggish, but then you know, in the second quarter, they they really started to to tighten up a little bit more. Third quarter was was okay. Um, I mean, the Vikings really there was. What, three drives total, I think, in the third quarter, pretty much. Um, I know the Vikings, the Vikings controlled the clock just like yeah, the whole they, game. If, if you look at most of the yards and the time of possession, like the Vikings, the Vikings, uh, they definitely they gave it all they had today. Um, yeah, and, but, and that was you know that was the first thing I had on my notes is that Minnesota absolutely dominated the time of possession game, but it really was just their own miscues. Uh, that put them out of the reach. I mean, Dan Bailey leaving 10 points on the board. That's something that all Bucks fans are no strangers with when it comes to a kicker costing you a game like that. So on top of Dan Bailey and just some costly penalties that really shot themselves in the foot, you know, Bucks were able to take advantage and ultimately come out with the win. But before we go into some stat lines, I just want to remind everybody that this podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at betonline.ag. Believe it or not, 
the final quarter of the regular season is here, and uh, you've still got more than enough time to get in on the action. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And of course, they've always got the online casino, which never shuts down. So make sure you head over to betonline.ag today and you take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Once again, Bet Online, your online sportsbook expert. So let's get into some stat lines, and we'll talk about how the offense played today because that's a big headline coming out of this one, as we always do. The first stat line, big quarterback number 12, Tom Brady. 15 for 23, 196 yards, two touchdowns. Not a bad stat line. Not a day that anybody would really want back. Um, Brady definitely got the job done, but there were a couple of errant throws a little early that I'm sure he'd want back. Yeah, early. Um, you know, you could tell he, he really uh... – he really got comfortable, um, you know, and missed uh, Miss Gronkowski on a third down early, and then missed yeah. uh, wide open Chris Godwin. But I mean, other than that, um, I think he, oh, he missed Ronald Jones. Uh, Jones was in the flat one time. Brady, I think, just sort of seemed like he wasn't completely comfortable at times in the pocket, and he sort of, you know, it was like it was like a jump maybe, pass. Maybe kinda. like he thought he had less time than he did. Yeah. Yeah, it's just his pocket awareness wasn't where it normally is today, um, but he was able to settle in and deliver some some really good balls uh, down the stretch. So, I mean, he did what he needed to do. Uh, first time he's been held under 200 yards uh, passing since the Green Bay game. So they've won both games, and he's thrown two touchdowns and no interceptions in both games. So uh, I guess that's a recipe for success. And, you know, I think the, obviously the Bucks and Brady, they'll, they'll take it if it means they're winning games. So yeah. uh, he did what he had to, and he was – I mean, he wasn't great, but he, he was good today. And, you know, a big part of the formula that we've talked about every week is protecting Tom. And that offensive line didn't give up any sacks today. I know he was hit a couple of times, which has kind of been a big storyline for him. He is one of the most hit quarterbacks in the NFL that I think definitely goes overlooked sometimes. But the offensive line, I think so far, did a pretty solid job today. Yeah, yeah, and th- they have. And I think the the hit numbers are going to be skewed because of the offense he's playing in. I think in this offense, you have to be prepared for a quarterback to be hit. Obviously, maybe not going to get sacked. The ball is coming out much quicker than it did last year. But uh, I, I think you have to expect to at least get hit just because of the amount of downfield shots and long developing routes that they are taking that you, you do have to expect some, you know, the, the QB hits to, to be, you know, a little bit higher than you'd like them to be. So, uh, that's expected to me, um, and I, I think that you know, the, like you said, the Bucks' offensive line did a fine job uh, early on in the game. The run game was really non-existent. Run game really got going in the second half. Uh, I was a little bit disappointed there because the Vikings' rush defense isn't great, but they were able to pick it up a little bit in the second half. And yeah, the offensive line, like I mean, a lot of guys on offense, you know, no turnovers. Uh, they just they they did their job. It wasn't yeah. spectacular by any means. It wasn't a fantastic game by anyone on offense, but they did they did their job. Yeah, and, and you know, we've covered wins like that before. You look back to the Giants game, while this wasn't necessarily as ugly of a win as that was, mm-hmm. you know, a win's a win, and you go out there and you do your job. It doesn't matter what the final score is. It doesn't matter who had a big day or who didn't. It matters what goes in the win column or not, and for Tampa Bay, they get one in that column this week, so a very good feeling. Wanted to talk about some of the top wide receivers. Your leading receiver for the day was Big 13, Mike Evans. Three receptions. 56 yards. And I wanted to ask about this. <sighs> Something about Mike just looked off today. Like, yeah, he he had his good plays, but there were quite a few catches that hit his hands or really a couple where he should have just reeled it in and he yeah. didn't. Like, is what do you think that is? 
Well, I mean, his practice was schedule was a little bit screwed up this week. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that's an exact excuse, but he didn't practice on Thursday, and then you know was a full was limited on Wednesday. Didn't practice on Thursday, and then was full on Friday. So uh, I, I'm not really sure. Uh, I see a lot of people had an issue with the the defensive pass interference call in the end zone. That was actually that was a great pick by Gladney. Actually, uh, it was kind of a crazy play, but I didn't have much of a problem with it. Uh, I saw both of them were hand grabbing, and then Gladney sort of grabs Evans' hand as like Evans. Is falling down i understand that he is slipping but i didn't have a problem with the call obviously i'm a tad biased but i i really didn't have too much of of an issue with that call uh but yeah mike evans i mean the the one that he dropped it was a tip ball i believe uh so it was already deflected kind of yeah um he did have that one where i think he was coming back down and he was on the uh sideline it just bounced off of his hands yeah you know it's um it, not every game is going to be pretty, and I, I think you know he was he was good versus the Chiefs. He was good enough, and then obviously today he was he was okay. Uh, he didn't play a bad game, but yeah, I, I think the, the practice schedule. Um, I mean, obviously the hamstring, he's fine. He's good enough to play, but obviously the hamstring must be bothering him a little bit if he's going to end up on the injury report at all. So uh, I think that may have played a factor as well. Yeah, and forgive me if I said earlier that Mike Evans was your leading receiver. I think I might have been wrong on that. I actually think no, it was I, I think you're guy. right. I well, think you're right. I must have taken my notes wrong because I think you have to credit him with a little bit more than 56 yards. Let me take a look at the actual box score here just no, to correct I, myself. I, I, I believe you're right, but I, I think I am too. The guy we're going to talk about it. next had one catch. Yes, okay, so I misconstrued the notes. So the next guy... I have is Antonio Brown. He had five receptions for 49 yards. Yeah. I put on my notes that he had 59, but he had 49 yards for the day. So Mike Evans, yeah. your leading receiver for Tampa Bay, but AB with a pretty big game. He had a critical first down, I remember. And then Scotty Miller with one reception. It's all he needed. 48 yards and a touchdown in uh, the sequel to that beautiful rainbow throw from TB12 to Scooter in that Raiders game. What a refreshing sight to see Scotty Miller back in the end zone and on the receiving end of a just Tom Brady bomb, man. That was that was a hell of a play. Yeah, so I'm not sure if you if you saw I did tweeted on uh, Saturday night. I was like, you know, Tom Brady's deep ball isn't going to get better until they start involving Scotty Miller on go routes. Yeah. What they do. <laughs> they, you know, they, <laughs> they they got him involved and then they were able to hit uh the his deep ball for some reason, I don't know if it was the the workouts at Berkeley Prep, if it was just training camp. That's all they were working on because that's all like they do. Uh, they just uh, Brady can't seem to hit many others on a deep ball except for Miller. And I, like you said, it was a it was a dime. So uh, it was it was a good one. It was it changed the game really. It was at that point it was still six nothing. So yeah. um, and the Bucks had pretty much gotten dominated, but then somehow had the seven six lead after that. So it was a good route by Miller. Good read by Brady to read. That safety off, I believe it was. Um, I think it was Eric Harris or and uh, it, it was uh, Anthony Harris. Sorry, and uh, he read him off and got Miller one on one. So yeah. on that post route, that deep post. So yeah, it was it was a good play. And then obviously Antonio Brown is sort of a, a stick mover kind of uh, in this game. It's I think that's what you sort of need him to be. I don't think you need him to be this ex- this explosive guy. I think Scotty Miller needs to be kind of your explosive guy. Yeah. Uh, and then a, a quiet a quiet day for guys like Chris Godwin and the running backs. But that's no big deal. Whatever. And, and uh, as far as AB goes, I'll. Talk you the favorite thing that i've seen them do with him in this offense is those screen passes man we saw yeah. him almost move the and, chains on that one uh today 
Yeah, a lot of people had an issue with with the the play calling there when Suckup kicked the field goal to get him to twenty six. I didn't. I I I really didn't have an issue there. Um, you're trying to keep the clock moving. You, the screens had really worked. Like the, yeah, it wasn't like a big success, like getting big chunks, but they had gained positive yards pretty much all day. And you wanted to keep the clock moving while gaining some yards. So yeah, you run the ball twice and then you throw a screen. It keeps the clock moving, and the Vikings weren't going to move the ball like so quick. Uh, I I didn't have an issue with it. I saw a few people were like, oh, that's like dirt cutter play calling right there. I I personally did not have an issue with it. Uh, I thought it was a smart call. If Antonio Brown breaks a tackle there, who knows? It's the first down, maybe even more. Uh, I was fine with it. So, yeah, like I think that's Antonio Brown's role. I think that's what it needs to be. And I, I think that's what it should be moving forward. So let let Scotty Miller and, you know, Mike Evans get your get your explosive plays and then let Godwin and, and Brown be like the, the stick movers pretty much. And just let Gronk be that red zone threat, which obviously we, we saw today in one catch for, yeah. for two yards. So. Yeah, I think as far as figuring out what everybody's role in this offense should be, today was definitely a step in the right direction. I, I think they're kind of getting a little bit of rhythm here, and they're definitely finding out what works as opposed to what does not. Now, we're going to talk about the run game, but I want to talk about really quickly just the turning point for me in this football game. The Buccaneers led going into halftime, but it felt a lot different due to the way that that final two-minute drill was executed. So the turning point in this game was Tampa Bay's two-minute drill before halftime to get three points. And yeah, it was three points, but it was three points to put them up one more possession on top of what they Well, they, they, they had actually they had scored a Ryan Jones touchdown with like 45 seconds left, and yeah. then the Vikings went three and out, yes. and the Bucks had 27 seconds or whatever. And, and it's hard and, to call it a two-minute drill, but that's really the only thing yeah. I can think of. But yeah, with 27 seconds left, and I believe one timeout, two timeouts? One, one timeout, yeah. One timeout, they marched their way down the field. You get two Tom Brady first downs. The offensive line did a great job of blocking for him, giving him time to let plays develop, and he hits his receiver to get him going. And then they end up in field goal range, and they tack on three points to end the half. Yeah, that, so, that was that was textbook. And then me, and then yeah. to come out after the break and just perform the best opening drive that we've seen from a very long time from this team. That was what put this game away. I think right after halftime. Yeah. So uh, and uh, let me talk about the hail mary. I guess. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, I again, I didn't have a problem with this call to, to me. Yes, you can be lenient on a Hail Mary, but there's got to be a point to where you call it. And the way I viewed it is the guy was really grabbing Gronkowski and then the, the safety came over the top and bumped him. That impeded his impact to get to the ball. It's, and I it's think to me, to me you, you can only go so far to not call stuff. And I think Brady picked it up. I think that's why he launched that bar is uh, why he launched the ball the way that he did. Because really, well, Gronkowski when he, was the only guy down there. It was Gronkowski and four Vikings. So. Right. So I really think Tom knew in the back of his mind, maybe I can draw some kind of call here. And he just chucked it. And that's exactly what happened. Was it controversial? Sure. But uh, I mean, we'll take it because, you know, it definitely helps Tampa Bay at the end of the day. But that was the big turning point for me. And that was yeah, when this well, offense really seemed to kind of just wake up and get rolling every drive. So I had tweeted that I was like, coming out of the half. Right. I was like coming out of the half, just have a, a five minute drive ending in a touchdown. And you're in business. Right. Yeah. They had they had a drive that ended in a touchdown and it was four minutes and 51 seconds. So it was almost <laughs> the exact five minute drive. So I was like, oh, that's perfect. Like, obviously, Ryan stuck up missing the extra point, whatever. He made that big kick. Not really worried about it. But I mean, how about Shady McCoy on that drive? He was really the oh, catalyst yeah, for that. 
you know, on on a uh, on a third and two, he got ten yards. Um, on on a uh, you know, he got he got fourteen yards, I think, and then Brady had yeah on a third and two again, he got fourteen yards, and Brady had that ball to Mike Evans for twenty nine yards. So uh, yeah, I I thought it was you know I like the play call on um on the goal line there to Gronkowski that play action in the back of the end zone. Yeah. They should run that more. I mean, he's just, he's a big body for a reason. So I liked it. I like McCoy looked good. Obviously Leonard Fournette being inactive today, uh, which was a little bit of a surprise. You didn't really see any Keyshawn Vaughn, but they wanted to get McCoy in and McCoy deserves to, to get a look next week as well. Because he, yeah. he looked good in this game. Yeah, four carries and 32 yards for Shady. And I mean, for a guy that coming into this game had six carries and negative one yard on the year, definitely was nice to see him get some production there in the run game. I wanted to kind of shift gears and talk about the run game because something you brought up was Leonard Fournette being a healthy scratch in this game. I'll tell you what I perceived from that. Um, Him being inactive just kind of opened the door, rearranging that running back room a few hours before kickoff showed me that this coaching staff finally has a little bit more faith in Ronald Jones to just be the guy. And I think that's what they tried to do today with him. Um, I think we mentioned it before, but 18 carries, 80 yards, and a touchdown over the top of the pile for Ronald Jones. Could he have gotten 100? I don't know. Maybe if he gave him five more carries, but I still think a productive day for Rojo. And They uh, said they they wanted to get him 20 touches. They got 19 touches because he had one catch for four yards. So not not quite uh, 20, but, uh, I mean, it's whatever. That's fine. Yeah. And, I mean, I feel comfortable with this team using Ronald Jones as their feature back for the rest of the season. Like, mm-hmm. I, I really do. Do, do. do you think that, you know, Leonard Fournette being a healthy scratch today kind of marked the end of his uh, tenor this season? Um, I want to say no, because I don't think he's going to be inactive for the last three games. Yeah. And maybe if they play a playoff game, I don't know if he'll be inactive. But, like, I mean, I think it pretty much says that he won't be back next year because, I mean, they've had this is a humongous game and they just healthy scratched him. So, and I think it may mean that uh, maybe Keyshawn Vaughn goes back to being inactive because I thought they were going to use Vaughn a whole lot more than they did. Yeah, I did too. Uh, He only got that one carry where he got blown up for negative seven. So, so I don't know. Uh, Maybe, maybe, um, maybe they, they end up just taking Vaughn out again. Because I thought, like, I was like, okay, they already pretty much know what they have McCoy. It seems like they're not McCoy fans. So Keyshawn Vaughn can be that guy, and he wasn't. So McCoy looked good. I think McCoy's earned the right to stay in the lineup, stay a part of this offense for next week. And um, I, I don't know what to, what to really do with Keyshawn Vaughn or Leonard Fournette. Because like you said, I feel like when Leonard Fournette's in there, it's almost like the coaching staff feels like they have an obligation to give Leonard Fournette some sort of carries. And I, I don't think it needs to be that way. Uh, Fournette's a fine back, but he's not better than Jones. And, I mean, really, Fournette hasn't been good in like a little bit. So, um I mean, yeah, I, I, I like I like the, the running back rotation this week. And yeah. if it still works, I would keep it pretty much the same for yeah. the rest of the way. And I don't know if it needs to be said because I don't know how much discussion about this was headed into the game because nobody expected Leonard Fournette to be inactive. And if, you, and if anybody tries to say that they did, they're bullshitting you, okay? Nobody expected this. But with all of it being said... Like, I think it's safe to say that, you know, Ronald Jones is is the better of the two backs, like you said, and, and the Buccaneers see him as such. So that's just that's the way it is. Ronald Jones is your running back one for the foreseeable future. And I'll tell you that if anybody out there has earned it this year, it is number 27. Let's talk about the defense. So the Buccaneers 
on defense Sunday afternoon was a mixed bag of a little bit of everything. You saw the secondary get kind of beat up, but then you also look at the Vikings where they didn't have a single hundred yard receiver. So it didn't feel like they were getting torn up, but like it, it, it also did. You know what I mean? Like, I know it sounds probably stupid, but there was something uh, the, about the, it the where it was, it was just, it was hot and cold all afternoon. Yeah. To me, it was the first half. Yeah. Uh, second half, I feel like they really clamped down besides that one drive where the Vikings scored. Now, um, a, a, you know, another big observation I made, though, is that they did a really good job of finding a way to get pressure with just four guys. Yeah, yeah, um, that was a big key. That, yeah. that was a key I, I said. Six I said, sacks on the day. Have to. You got Jason Pierre-Paul strip sack with just over two minutes left in the game to pretty much seal the deal. You had an awesome day from Shaq Barrett. He looked like himself from 2019 two sacks and countless pressures for number 58 so i mean along that defensive line those boys were eating today and uh shout out to pat o'connor his first career sack today as well a great effort as well on that sack i uh, yeah. just didn't really let cousins go um yeah nadam katsu had a sack jason pierre paul had a sack antoine winfield had a sack uh antoine winfield also had the forced fumble which uh vikings uh they, they recovered yeah uh, cousins were able but, to fall on it yeah but um yeah, I mean, it was a solid day. Um, I Like you said, I, I understand, and I, I think it was Bucks fans not really used to – I mean, Dalvin Cook went over 100 yards today. So I think it yeah. was Bucks fans not really used to seeing that, and I think that made them feel a little bit worse about the defensive performance because they're just not used to seeing you know teams pick up five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten yards almost every carry. Uh, against the Bucks, I think you're used to seeing maybe one or two, but most of the time, it's if you run the ball, you're getting like two yards. Yeah. Um, so I think that was an adjustment for them. And early on, they really did that. But once the Vikings, once the Bucks got up by multiple scores, the Vikings had to go away from that, and that was a big key. And like I said on the preview show, just so you you pointed out, they they got there with four guys. Uh, Anthony Nelson almost had a strip sack, but Cousins was somehow able to hold on to it. I like Nelson's game today. Uh, a lot of the depth pass rushers showed up, and it just shows that if they do show up, this this defensive line can can seriously do some damage. Uh, they they really started to blitz in the fourth quarter, late in the third, and early in the fourth quarter, they really started to send the blitzing. That's so when Kirk Cousins I, is money, man. Yeah, I know. Uh, well, in in the fourth, yeah. Uh, this season, at least, but not, I mean, the Bucks really—they had an answer for him. So even though I think did they score? No, no, they didn't score a touchdown. They scored a t- I think they their touchdown was in the third quarter, right? I don't think they scored any points in the fourth. Yeah, I think I want to say it was right at the end of the fourth quarter. Right? Oh, you mean at the end of the third quarter? Yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The Vikings. Yeah, the Vikings scored right at the end of the third. See, quarter. this is why people like when we record on Mondays because you know we can we can kind of figure all of this stuff out. Maybe the film is up, but yeah, we're recording right after the game. We're just you know we're just rolling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so the Bucks. Yeah, the Bucks had a touchdown drive, and then the the Vikings had a touchdown drive. So yeah, it took eight minutes that Vikings drive. Holy crap. Yeah. Um, they were but anyways, that clock, man, they were burning yeah, a lot of clock. That, that's why this, to me, like me and you were texting back and forth, and like you you we can talk about it or whatever the fourth down conversions that they were getting, um, and I was like, you know, I'm not really worried about it because. All that means is that, like, yeah, the Bucks are letting them get, like, obviously if the Bucks let them get that 4th and 13 where Jason Bearball strips that Cousins, that would have sucked because that can't happen, like a 4th and long. Yeah. But, man, 4th and short or whatever, yeah, as long as you don't give up a chunk play, you're up by two possessions. 
I'm fine with giving up the, the, the fourth down. Obviously, you don't want to. I'm not saying that's the objective. But, like, if you give up, like, five, like, if they get, they need five yards, they get five yards and get the, the first down, whatever. It keeps the clock moving. Like, there was no danger to me in, in doing that. So, obviously, I'm not saying intentionally do that, but just, you know, you, you, as long as they weren't getting chunk plays, I really wasn't going to be concerned. So, uh, I thought the, the defense, like, like, again, just did their job. They, they did yeah. enough. They, or had to overcome some adversity. Of course, Dan Bailey, yeah, 10 points on the board. That's a big key, right? 54-yarder, okay. Anything over 50, I can kind of excuse some kickers for missing. But oh, no, he was missing everything. He made sure I mean, yeah. he got he, then, he made sure he but, got one in pretty much each range today. But you know, also yeah, pretty much. Uh, I mean, credit to the Bucks defense. You know, the Vikings go down and they get in field goal range of opening drive, and Cousins gets sacked by Barrett, puts him out of field goal range. Yeah, that was a big then, stop. You know, then the, the obviously the Vikings score a touchdown. Dan Bailey misses the extra point, but then you know his his thirty six yard uh, one that he was that he missed. He Cousins was sacked to play before, and it was a loss of six, so that pushed him back farther, and he missed it. Uh, Dan Bailey, the fifty four yarder, uh, it was it, it was an incomplete, and there was a penalty that pushed the Vikings back, so that was a little bit longer because of it, um, and then. On the 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 last one that he missed, it was the one where Cousins got sacked twice in a row, and it was it would have been fourth and goal from like the from the the twenty eight yard line, and yeah, the the Bucks obviously the Vikings they couldn't go they couldn't go for that because uh, can't I don't think you're getting twenty eight yards, so yeah, it it helps obviously the Bucks have been on the receiving end of, of most of that. Um, or I should say the giving end of giving teams those opportunities yeah. um, to miss kicks. But, I mean, I had tweeted, I said, man, this is the worst kicker performance I think I've ever seen, and I cover the Bucks. It was bad. <laughs> like, even, like, I don't think the Bucks kickers, I don't think I've ever seen a game where they just couldn't make it. Like, they made one, maybe. Like, they may miss two, miss three, but they made one. I mean, Dan Bailey was 0 for 4. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, he didn't make a thing. Like, I, I just, man. It, obviously, he's not going to be on the team tomorrow, like or Monday, whatever Tuesday. Uh, Dan Bailey will not be on the Vikings. I, I can almost guarantee you that. But I gotta, I gotta give a quick shout out to my boy Lummy from work. I jumped on my friend Seth's uh, fantasy show this morning, and we were talking it up towards the end of the show. I was like, oh, well, I don't have my kicker this week, so I have to settle for Dan Bailey. And he's like, no, the uh, hell you don't. He said, go on the waiver wire right now. Let me know who's available. I got Graham Gano. I don't know how many points he has for me right now. I know the Giants lost today, so probably not very many. I think they he they scored seven points. So. I mean, dude, anything was better than Dan Bailey. So listen, 0 for 4, I don't know what kind of uh, crystal ball Lummy had today. But uh, he, he really saved my ass in my fantasy matchup. So thank you, Lummox. I truly do appreciate you. Now, I, I wanted to ask you about one more thing on this defense before we kind of look at this game as a whole. Because, yes, it is a win. There were some uh, some not perfect things that we saw from this team. And if they're going to be a playoff contender, then we're going to have to talk about them. But before we do that, this secondary, what was your opinion? Um, they're definitely still missing Jamel Dean. And, and you can tell. But aside from that, you had Ross Cockrell kind of stepping up. What did you think of their performance today? Uh, yeah, obviously losing Dean again, like you know him coming back after a concussion, finally clearing a protocol, and then having this groin injury, it sucks. And hopefully he'll be back next week um, because the Falcons do have a lot of weapons. So hopefully he'll be back. But yeah, I mean, you know, 
Um, I thought Cockrell was fine again. I mean, when when you don't hear a guy's name, when you don't see a corner much, that means they're doing their job. And I mean, Murphy Bunting, he was fine too. The the corners were fine. Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, neither one of them went over a hundred yards. Yeah, the Vikings and, and were I was, really good. I was just expecting that to be you know the most sure bet you could make. Well, I mean, you know, maybe one of them, not both of them. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think both of them is that would mean the Bucks defense is getting absolutely. Also, by dominant. the way, I don't know how well this is going to age, but I just got a little update. Want to let you guys know that the Eagles are currently up seventeen to zero over New Orleans. Uh yes, yeah. Wow, um, wow, wow. I knew that was going to happen. Yeah, fuck the Saints. They're probably going to uh-huh. win anyways. But I just wanted to let everybody know why nah, well, we were celebrating. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't. <laughs> um, you still don't think they anyways, can lose out, huh? Huh? So you you don't think they can lose out? No. So you're telling me there's a chance? No. Oh my God! Stop. <laughs> um. Anyways, uh, um, just stop. Uh. So yeah. Um. I don't even remember what I was saying. Um. Anyways, <laughs> Justin Jefferson and uh, yeah, they, not both of them did go over hundred yards. Jamel Dean. Um. The the linebackers had a rough day in coverage because it was clear the Vikings learned that. Just target the tight ends against the Bucks linebackers, and it was successful. Yeah. Uh, but the 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 Vikings tight ends just aren't good enough to where you can consistently go back to them. So uh, that was that was a, a problem for Minnesota, and I just didn't think that. Like I said, in, in, multiple times in this game, I just didn't think that Minnesota had the offensive firepower enough to 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 be able to come back in this game. I know Kirk Cousins has done it a lot, but it was against lesser teams that had losing records. And I just didn't think that, you know, unless the Bucks were really bad and we just didn't know it, I thought that the Bucks were going to be able to, to handle it just because Minnesota is not built to be down multiple scores and come back every single game. Yeah, no, I, I get it. Um, I, I wanted to look more into the miscues of Tampa Bay. Cause like we said, a win's a win, but there's some things that need to be cleaned up first and foremost. These offsides calls, man, I, I really thought that this was something that would be cleaned up by now at this point in the season. Maybe we can, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt that, yeah, they're coming off of the bye week, a bye week where it was said that there wasn't a lot of work done. They just kind of had the week off. But I, I don't know. Do you see this being something that continues to be a problem? Because I feel like the lack of discipline on this defense in particular has slowly but surely started to creep in. Yeah, a little bit. Um, the the Nadamikin suit call I, that was a little uh, iffy. Looked, it looked fine to me. Um, yeah, it, it looked okay to me. Uh, yeah, it's not something you you want. Uh, if you want penalties, you want them actually like pass interference or you know pre snap penalties are the worst because like nothing happens and, and you're it just seems like them they always happen on a critical third down. Yeah, well, I mean. Yeah, I mean the 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 Jason Pierre Paul was on a first down and went to a first and five, and the Sioux one was on a was on a third and seven, and Cousins threw an incomplete pass. Um, but yeah, I mean it's not something you can do against really good teams. The Vikings are a decent team, but they're not a really good one. As you saw against the Chiefs last week, that you know I believe the Bucks did it what twice in a row. <laughs> they jumped they jumped off sides uh, against the Chiefs last week, and it gave well. Two weeks ago, I guess. Uh, that bye week, this, I don't know, it kind of feels like the bye week didn't happen. Huh? It's weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that they're going to have to clean up a little bit. And, then, and it's weird because it's not something that you've seen a lot 
uh, this season. I think that's what kind of the same thing with the, you know, the running game for the other team working. It's not something you've seen a lot. So, uh, you know, when you do see it, you're kind of like, Ooh, like that's, that's an issue. So uh, I, I do think that it's something that they got to get cleaned up, but I, I don't think it's something that's a huge concern right now. Yeah, no, I, I get you. You know, we're actually kind of wrapping things up here and it's funny because it seems like every single show where we're like, you know, they play well or, or it's a win. It's just a shorter show. And like we're yeah. at 31 and a half minute mark right now. And I kind of feel bad, but like, I, I, I don't know. Was there any was there anything else that you had observed and taken away from today's contest? Well, so obviously this is a huge game for their playoff hopes. Uh, yes, Trevor, Trevor Actually, what, wanted to ask you about that as well. Just kind of, you know, yeah. where they stand now and on their path to the postseason. Yeah, so the the Cardinals won. So the Cardinals are now seven and six, and the Vikings are six and seven. So right now, the Cardinals have knocked the Vikings back. Uh, so the Cardinals are now back in the seventh seed, and the Vikings are in the eighth seed now. So the Vikings are no longer in a playoff spot for now uh, because the Cardinals beat the Giants. So uh, now, as we're looking at it, I believe the 49ers are playing Washington right now. Both those teams, I think, have five wins. Uh, but with the Bucks win, it doesn't really almost matter what they do. This Bucks win was huge. It, it was just, it, it was really, really big. Um, yeah, the the Bears won, so they're at six and seven. Uh, ah, Chicago is just not good to me, um, so I'm I'm not really worried Mitch about Trubisky that. Mitch Trubisky yeah. got to live up to his draft stock for a whole day. A day, yeah. Um, so I mean, obviously the Rams won on Thursday nights. So they're nine and four right now in the lead in the NFC West. The Seahawks are eight and four, which uh, the Bucks I believe would own a tiebreaker over them. I think so. It would give the Bucks the, the fifth seed um, if the Bucks would would win out and the Seahawks would lose one game. The Seahawks are currently beating the Jets. I think it was seventeen to three. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens there. Obviously, I don't think the, the Jets are going to win, but uh, I mean, yeah, the game was huge. Uh, Trevor Sikama tweeted out that before today's game, the Bucks had an eighty five percent chance of making the playoffs. After the win, it's now a 96% chance. They cannot officially clinch this week. They could not clinch week 14 based on other things that happened. It wasn't mathematically possible for them to clinch. However, it is possible for them to clinch next week. I believe that they would need um, uh, Greg Allman did a great job of breaking it down. Let me see if I can find it really fast. They would obviously need to beat the Falcons next week. That would obviously be the the, the first order of business is that they would have needed to beat the Vikings and the, and the Falcons. So uh, then we got, okay. Yeah. For the Bucks to clinch a playoff berth in week 15, the Bucks win the next two games. So one's done. The Cardinals lose the next two games. So the Cardinals beat the, the giants today. So now I think it's less likely that they'll be able to clinch uh, Bears lose next two games. Bears won. Lions lose the Packers. I think the Lions are currently losing. And the 49ers lose either of the next two. I don't know the 49ers score right now. So it's basically the Bucks can clinch a playoff berth next week without officially clinching a playoff berth um, if, if they win. Uh, if not, you'll just have to probably wait another week maybe until they win. So, uh, But it was a huge game. Just like that was like there. 85% to 96%. 11, yeah. 11 points right there. 
you know, went up 11. Like, come on, man. Like that is, that's a big swing. And for the Vikings, I mean, this was the biggest game of their year. They, they go to seven and six. They would have won the tiebreaker. They'd be in the sixth seed right now if they beat the Bucs. Um, so obviously, yeah, the Vikings could have get, couldn't get it done and, and the Bucs could. So uh, it was, it was a really good win and just a, a huge win. It was one of the biggest games of the year. Like I said, it was a bigger game than the Chiefs game. It, it, it was. So right now the Bucs are still in contention for the fifth seed, even though they would likely need to win out and you would need the Rams to win the NFC West because the Rams own the head to head tiebreaker, no matter what. So you would need the Rams to probably win the NFC West and you would need the Seahawks to lose one or two games. Well, with three games left in the season, it is definitely exciting for a lot of people, including myself, that at this point in mid-December, the Buccaneers control their own playoff destiny. So definitely a huge step in the right direction with a victory today over Minnesota. And that's what you want. You, yeah. you don't want to go down this in this into December where you need other to, teams you know, to yeah to trying trying you. to watch the trying to watch the TV yeah you know or watching the the scoreboard up there oh they're beating them we need them because this game doesn't matter if they don't win you don't want that yeah you want to be able to control your own business and right now they still can right when in Atlanta next week you can control it even more you win versus Detroit you basically you probably clinch yeah uh, so you can still control it you, you still can and there's still a lot to play for so big game versus atlanta it's a division opponent uh, obviously we'll be here to cover it uh we'll, we'll be here previewing it so um yeah but uh, i mean it's just a, a solid win today there's not much to talk about with this win it's it, it is what it is they they won a football game they did what they needed to do they were the better team than the vikings which they we said they were and they beat them it's another example of them beating a team that they are better than the only team that they have lost to that they are better than probably is the, the bears. bears yeah that, yeah. that that's it that, that's literally it. And, you know, I I think the Packers are probably better than the Bucks, and the Bucks beat them. So, I mean, you know, they, they stole a game there, and the rest of the, the teams are probably better than the Bucks. But this year, like Trevor's second well on this show, week two, right? That was in September back when he said that, that this year was about them beating the teams on the schedule that they should and, and beating a few other teams that they really shouldn't in the process. And they have right now. And that's why they're looking in a really good spot to make the playoffs for the first time since 2007. And um, we'll see uh, if they do get the fifth seed. It, it's interesting because the, the Giants lost. So if the Redskins, I'm sorry, it's a Washington football team. It's a habit. And I still say Redskins, <laughs> whatever. Um, so if, if, if Washington would win, they would take the lead in the NFC East. So it would be going to Washington to play. Uh, maybe Philly with Jalen Hurts are up 17 nothing. Maybe they come back to it. Uh, I think it's maybe a tad too late for them, but we'll see. Um, yeah, and then it, it's it's very interesting to, to see what will happen. Uh, but the Bucks first, if they want that fifth seed, you got to win out. You're going to yeah. have to win out. So if they lose a game coming up here, you're probably looking at the sixth, maybe seventh seed. So got to take care of your own business. Uh, if they want the fifth seed, though, you're going to have to pretty much run the table. And you have another team coming up that, while it is a division opponent, is a team that you are better than and you probably should beat. So we'll see what happens. Absolutely. And with a record of eight and five, Hopefully everybody can take a deep breath and just cheer the hell up. That's it. Savor the win. Take it in this week. Ladies and gentlemen, the Buccaneers are victorious for the first time in nearly a month. And uh, they are 8-5 and five on the season. Evan, you want to pitch into that trust fund to get the uh, Dan Bailey statue out in front of Raymond James? Oh, man, I'll tell you what. <clears throat> the I man mean, who, who may have single-leggedly know. sent the Buccaneers to the playoffs after a decade that, and a half. That's pretty good, single-leggedly. Yeah. That, that's pretty good, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, Man, 
that game check must be really good for Bailey, man, because um, his ass is mm. walking home, dude. <laughs> dude, <laughs> I, I, I'm surprised. I don't even know if they'd let him on the plane. Like, obviously, oh. I think Zimmer, Zimmer really didn't want to throw him out there on that fourth and goal, but he had no choice. Well, when they throw because, him out like, there on that fifty-plus yarder after missing the first two or the first one, yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess, but I, he's a professional kicker. At the, at the end yeah, of the day, you're got to make your kicks. And, and I mean, coming I, into this game, he was top ten most accurate kicker in NFL history. Yeah, well, you know, he should have been on our checklist. You know, I, it, it was almost to the point where, like, I mean, Joe Buck literally said, "I have no rooting interest in this game," and I believe him. Like, he only him and Troy Aikman are partial to the oh, Cowboys. Oh, they can't. They can't legit. stand Tampa Bay. Oh, dude, they uh, no, bitch uh, every Joe, time Joe, we get a good Joe call. Joe Buck's fine. Joe, Joe Buck's fine. Troy Aikman was a little girl today. Oh, I don't know what, man. What, um, I just don't know how you can call that. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> but anyway, Joe Joe Buck was like, I wanted Dan Billy to make one. And, like, I sort of wanted, like, you know, like if the like, game was, like, 20, like the Bucks had, like, a 20-point lead to send Dan Bailey out there. Hopefully he makes one just for his sake. Um, but yeah, but that, I, I just – I don't know, man. It, I've never seen anything like that performance. It was – it was funky. It was it was really weird, and not many were in the south end zone either. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. was that was the weirdest part, and that's the toughest part to kick in the stadium. And uh, most of them, I believe, were in the north end zone, so it's very very weird. I, I don't know, man. I'm not going to question it. Anytime fate swings in the favor of Tampa Bay, I'm I'm just going to keep it rolling, no questions asked. But ladies, so the the 49ers are up seven to six on Washington right now. Okay. Uh, at the two minute warning in the the second quarter. So that game could still obviously go either way, but uh, that's two teams with five wins right now that one of them will obviously get the six. Um, if you want, I guess that to clinch, you'd root for the Washington to win because Washington would then just move the top in the NFC East and they have the division spot, whether, whereas the 49ers would stay at five and the Bucks would have a three game lead. So, yeah. All right. Well, all right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess, I, guess well, I guess that's it. That's the bottom line. That's yeah. the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. There you man. go. I guess that's it, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Mr. Too Legit to Quit. That's right. Mr. Good Vibrations, giving <laughs> you all right. the information you need on the teams to root for. Listen, we'll talk to you guys a little bit more on Thursday with our game preview show. But with all of that said, that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. A little bit of a shorter show and uh, – We'll say a little more unorganized than we normally are. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. We're good. It's a a fun one. Bucks win. Take it in, folks, and enjoy it for the rest of the week. They are 8-5. and They have eclipsed their win total from last season. So, I mean, without even speaking, this season goes down as an improvement, no matter what way you look at it. But thank you so much for listening to our show on any major podcast platform or checking us out with video over on YouTube. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe. Hit that little bell icon so you get notified every single time we upload an episode, go live, uh, whatever the case may be. We got all sorts of kick-ass content over on our YouTube, so make sure you go check it out. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast, best place to go for uh, updates on the show. And, of course, Buccaneer News as it happens. Speaking of Bucks News as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL. You can also find myself on social media, Instagram and Twitter. Both of those are Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. And if you follow me, I will follow you back. By the way, thanks for helping me get to 1,000 followers on both of those bad boys. Really do appreciate you, so go check it out. With that all said, we will talk to you guys on Thursday for our game preview. Will we have a guest? I don't know. 
You just have to stick around and see. But until then, we'll catch you later. Go box. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.